So Acts 19 verses 1 to 20. And what I want to think about here, we've been thinking, if you've been with us over August on the Wednesday evenings, we've been thinking around what revival is, what revival looks like, what revival uh, means and uh, how it takes place, how it begins with prayer and flows out through the people of God. And I want to think about some of the revival signs that we see here in the Word of God in Acts chapter 19. Because we can read this passage and we can just think, wow, look at that, wow, look at that. But if, if you look at it and uh, think about Paul being there for roughly two and a half years and uh, a revival is taking place while he's there. It begins with a partnership in the gospel. Paul comes to Ephesus and Apollos has already started a work there. And Paul begins to explain the way of God and the way of Jesus more accurately. Uh, the, the disciples he finds, 12 men it says, there are there may well have been some women and children as well, so it might have been a slightly larger number. They've never heard of the Holy Spirit. They've never been baptized in the name of Jesus. Uh, but as Paul begins to explain, and as he then prays for them, the Holy Spirit falls upon them. Uh, but what they do here, you see, is they align their lives more fully with the Word of God. And you and I can always more fully align our lives with the Word of God. When we live, when we follow the Word of God completely and fully, we live in God's world, God's way. And I don't and you don't get that right 24-7, 365. So there's always a case for every one of us uh, aligning our lives more fully with the Word of God, uh, to follow the way more accurately. Uh, you, Christianity is being referred to here as the way. We know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there rose those that spoke out uh, against the way from amongst the Jewish community. And wherever Paul went, uh, he had that kind of difficulty and that kind of challenge with those who contested the way of Jesus. It's interesting, isn't it, that it's the pouring out of the Holy Spirit that is the launch pad for this revival in that place. Jesus at the center and the poured out Spirit. We need the Spirit of God. We need to move freely and we need to move fully in the Holy Spirit if we want to see God moving with power in our lives, through our lives, to be able to transform people and places. Uh, so always we need an openness and a willingness for the Holy Spirit to go deeper in us and through us. Paul recognized there was a great opportunity here for the gospel. God had opened a door and there was a fantastic opportunity for him. He was proclaiming the kingdom of God. But where a door opens for God, then there's often opposition. We've seen that the opposition arose from amongst Jewish believers contesting what Paul was saying. But also, if we read on in the remainder of Acts chapter 19, from verse 21 onwards, we'll find that massive opposition comes through 
the silversmiths who are selling uh, idols of uh, Diana of the Ephesians and uh, a riot results in the city. The enemy, uh, Satan, brings opposition to the gospel wherever it's poured out. Where God opens a door, opposition will come. So we mustn't be surprised when God is at move that difficult things come against us and uh, we have to battle and uh, we have to persevere and we have to press through. Uh, the kingdom, since the days of John the Baptist until now, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is advancing forcefully and suffers violence. That is a correct translation and you can always tra also translate it, the kingdom of God is advancing forcefully and forceful men lay hold of it. Both are equally correct translations. We have to be forceful. We have to seek to bring the kingdom of God to people and in places. But we must also understand that that will be uh, resisted. That will be fought against by the enemy. But as we see here in and through Paul's ministry and in and through us, through the power of the spirit, the word of God can prevail and the word of God can take root in a region. The anointing flowing through Paul is heightened so that incredible miracles happen through him. There is a commitment to the place. He uh, seeks to work amongst the Jewish community and visits the synagogue for three months. And when that stirs up there and when opposition starts to come, he goes and rents this lecture hall of Tyrannus and daily presents the gospel. So we need to be prepared to work in the meeting place within the church and also in the marketplace outside the church. God is at work in both and we need to be at work in both. Obviously in the marketplace in the midst of this pandemic that's hugely challenging for us but God is the creator God. God has placed creativity in all of our hearts and all of our lives. And as we partner with one another and as we partner and follow in obedience with the Holy Spirit, he will reveal increasingly creative ways for us to get the job done. The name of Jesus is exalted. Paul's strategy is to go to the Jews first and then the Gentiles. We see authority as uh, they confront the demonic, as the presence of God is poured out. Uh, so that the whole of Asia hears the word of God. This is the spirit of God being poured out, the presence of God over a region in such a manner that everyone is becoming aware of the word of God. That doesn't mean everybody responds to it, but um, people will be coming to a knowledge of Jesus as Lord and Savior. And as that is happening, there's great authority demonstrated through Paul and those working with him. And uh, they're able to command demons and they'll leave. So much so that these seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest to a Jewish exhaust ex or I can't say the word, who drive out demons. They try to use the name of Jesus, but they lack intimacy with Jesus. You know, we, we, we carry authority in the spiritual realm because we have a relationship with Jesus and we need to increasingly learn what it means to uh, understand the authority that's invested in us in and through the name of Jesus and in and through the presence of the indwelling spirit in and through the 
presence of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. And uh, we need to learn to exercise that authority in the right way. They tried to do it without a knowledge and an intimate relationship with Jesus. And uh, they came a cropper. When we do it out of relationship with Jesus, we will see uh, the demon yield in Jesus' name. There's an exposure of darkness as the people come and turn away from the dark things in their lives, turning away from the occult, turning away from sorcery. If we could uh, put that in contemporary terms, people being set free from addiction, people turning away from uh, dark ways of living, people turning from their sin, and people coming and uh, making open confession, turning their lives around and fully committing to follow God. And we see uh, the darkness and demonic being uh, exposed as the reverence and awe for God and his word is recognized and this transformation of uh, people and place. Paul's desire in the midst of all this is to seek out disciples, uh, win disciples and to develop disciples. We need to be disciples who make disciples and uh, disciples who are strengthening disciples. We need to have that commitment to work together for the gospel, partners in the gospel together. And it's easier when we seek to do mission together rather than try to do it on our own. Revival is God bursting onto the scene and displaying his glory. And that's exactly what happens in this place in Ephesus. It's the fire of God falling on the church, purifying and cleansing the church and then flowing out to society and into community to bring transformation. And with Jesus at the center, uh, the revival always alters the moral compass of any and climate in any community. And that's a quote from Leonard Ravenhall. But these are some of the things that as I've been uh, detailing and highlighting what happens as we read those 20 verses, the spirit is being poured out and uh, we really need the fullness of the spirit. Where the spirit was poured out, there was a manifestation, there was an impact, there was evidence of the Holy Spirit in and through people's lives. Uh, as Paul prayed for them and laid hands on them, they began to speak in tongues and they began to prophesy. When we want and when we yield our lives and open our lives for the fullness of the Spirit, there is always a manifestation of his gifts and uh, um, the spiritual gifts. So uh, let us ever be those that let the Holy Spirit move deeply in us and through us. There's salvation. Uh, people are coming to a saving knowledge of Christ. The Greek word is sozo. It means so much more than just coming to know Jesus. It means rescue. It means redemption. It means um, breaking through against the powers of evil. It means healing. It means deliverance in the here and in the future. Such a powerful word. And uh, all of that is happening as Paul uh, declares and demonstrates the kingdom of God and as he preaches the gospel with confidence and with courage uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a saturation. The whole of Asia comes to know this place and the, the reverence for God is building and building and building. Supernatural signs as the anointing is heightened 
in and through Paul's life, as the authority flows with strength, then even things that Paul has touched, handkerchiefs or aprons, don't forget he's a leather maker and he would have worn an apron. People are cutting up and, and as they touch it, uh, people are being healed and delivered from demons. Incredible power being poured out in this revival in Ephesus. There's a surrender as people turn from their sins and refocus uh, on Jesus. And uh, we want to and we need to see people turning away from their dark ways of living, turning away and being set free from demonic strongholds and demonic oppression in their lives. People being set free from addiction, people being healed from diseases. This is the kingdom of God at work in a place uh, with power and we need it in our days. There's been lots of talk about people tuning in online, people uh, beginning to pray more, uh, but I, I'm not sure yet we're seeing these kind of signs of revival. But these are the things we need to be holding in our hearts. These are, this is the hunger, this is the thirst that we need, and this is what we need to keep praying about, that uh, the early signs of fruit would develop into true uh, fruitfulness for the gospel and the kingdom. And of course, there is spiritual warfare. We need to not uh, be, uh, we need to be aware that uh, the enemy is, just like God is always at work in the community, so is the enemy. That's why people's lives get bound up. That's uh, why they need to be set free in the name of Jesus. We need to recognize what the enemy is up to. We need to resist it. Stand and to stand firm, it tells us, in Ephesians chapter 6 and we need to rebuke in Jesus name and what is happening in this example in Ephesus is that Paul is coming up against a major regional spiritual power that is concentrated in the Diana worship at that big temple in Ephesus and uh, that's where the opposition begins to crystallize and come against him and he has a mighty mighty battle that follows uh, but he comes through and the word of God prevails we can prevail uh, even though there will always be a clash of kingdoms the kingdom of God advancing coming against the kingdom of darkness the prince of the power of this uh, uh, world as scripture tells us but uh, Jesus has won the victory on the cross and you and I are given the job of enforcing the victory and seeing it through. So let us take heart uh, and let us ever open up our lives to him. Let us this morning just uh, be crying out for and ready to receive a fresh uh, anointing in the Holy Spirit. And uh, if we look at the last slide just to remind ourselves some of the things we've looked at over the summer, John. Revival, is a divinely initiated work in which God's people pray, repent of their sin and return to a holy, spirit-filled, obedient, love relationship with God. That's Henry Blackaby. Uh, but th isn't that what we all want? And for many of us, this uh, period where so many restrictions have been upon us because of the pandemic, it's given us an opportunity to draw closer 
to God. We need to take that even deeper and we need to keep crying out for a mighty move of God through each one of us in this town of Wrexham, in this nation of Wales and across this world. God is longing to do that in and through us. Let us pray together. I just encourage you to uh, reach out uh, and uh, just be asking for a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. So Father, we cry out. Father, pour out your Spirit upon our lives. Strengthen your people in mission. Father, give us such a hunger to see the kingdom of God come in and through our lives. In this place of Wrexham, may Wrexham be transformed by the power of the gospel and the justice, joy and peace of your kingdom. Father, give us a confidence in the gospel. Father, give us opportunity after opportunity to preach and exalt and lift up the name of Jesus in and through our lives and in this town of Wrexham. We want to see Jesus lifted high above all else in our town. Father, pour out your spirit in and through us afresh. Anoint us afresh. Father, let your authority flow through us in the mighty name of Jesus. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.